0: Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. A peer review, a summary. There is practically no historical account of the evolution of peer review early, and this is a history of it. The practice of editorial peer-reviewing did not really become general until sometimes after World War II and the early 1950s. Peer review took place mostly in the mid-20th century, either to handle problems in the numbers of articles submitted or to meet the demands for expert authority and objectivity in an increasingly specialized world. One of the important references is J.C. Burnham, the Evolution of Editorial Peer Review in JAMA, 1990, Volume 263, page 1323-1329. to 1329. The Early History of Peer Review. Who is first? Well, some have suggested that Henry Oldenburg, 1619-1677, a German-born English philosopher, was editor of Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society of London. He was seen by some as the father of modern scientific peer review, although the first peer-reviewed publications might have been the medical essays and observations published by the Royal Society of Edinburgh in 1731. That doesn't count the French Journal de Savants, whose first is always a problem. Some say Ishaq, Ibn, Ali, Al, Ruhawi, 1854 to 1931, who wrote in The Ethics of Physician, which told that a visiting physician had to make duplicate notes of a patient's condition on every visit. When the patient was cured or had died, the notes of the physician were examined by a local medical council of other physicians, who would decide whether the treatment had met the required standards of medical care at that time there was some distinction in the early history of peer review between scientific and medical journals but distinctions sometimes blurred in practice and the affinity between scientific journalism with general journalism was obvious there was news as well as opinion widespread borrowing and copying from other journals. Editor-centered medical publications inhibited the introduction of in-house or external peer review for a while. Institute publications, such as seen in the German universities, showed that the editor could wait until he had enough papers for the journal to publish. Editors then thought they had enough expertise to review everything. And maybe they did. To continue, the editor originally had all the knowledge necessary to read, evaluate, decide, arrange, and edit the submitted paper, or at least initially, he thought he did. He saw as his role education, that is, helping the authors express themselves clearly. There eventually came to be an institution of editorial boards In each journal, the board functioned differently. There was a growing competition in the journals for space, and they didn't want to turn down good papers. However, there was also the problem of acceptance of bad papers. An example in 1901, in a famous Eastern American journal, The publication of urine, that's spelled U-R-E-I-N-E, showed that the substance that caused uremia was found. This was not initially submitted for review to a chemist and was wrong. Thus, acceptance of bad papers could be a problem. To continue, often the journal was the first sign of existence of a specialized field of medicine. For example, SGO, Surgery, Gynecology, Obstetrics, in 1905. There was no specific time before World War II when large numbers of biomedical publications began to do peer review to cope with the problem of specialization. There was no specific way when peer review came in. Each editor or group of editors devised their own ad hoc procedures right up to the 1940s. Editors of journals that served as organs for organizations occasionally had difficulty with the democracy of that profession. So, there was a regular growth of peer review, various times in various journals. Peer review eventually became the standard in biomedical journals in the English-speaking countries and continental Europe, for example, the Netherlands and Switzerland, not long after World War II. In the U.S., peer review also began in the 20th century, as with the Carnegie Institution in D.C., and in 1937, the NCI. From 1930s to 1940s, JAMA depended on a very small internal staff for almost all of their editorial decisions. The American Journal of Medicine and Science increasingly relied on external reviewers in the 1950s and 60s. But as late as 1988, the editor of the journal Science relied on personal solicitation for most of his articles. Nature, that great journal, instituted formal peer review in 1967. Thus, peer review still covers a broad spectrum of types employing outside And inside, expert opinion, there are many different systems, some mostly internal reviews and some external. It's difficult to define peer review historically since it has changed and who is a peer, and expert, what is a review, and what should it be compared against. Issues that continuously remain are blind review, Reviews put up on the website with and without names of the reviewers, open peer review, hybrid peer reviews, and recruiting referees who don't get paid for all of their time. PLOS originated as an open journal for fast communication to all. There's the issue of paid publications, time lapse to get it published, value for the publication costs have all been discussed. The replication crisis and replication studies are less likely to be published and will be commented later. Ghostwriting, conflict of interest, bias of reviewers, the Matthew effect, novelty, negative findings, retractions, all continue to be discussed. The issue is, is there a better way to do peer review, or is it the least objectionable diagnosis? I'm going to end, mercifully, with three interesting backstories, all of which are true. Edward Jenner's report of the first vaccination against smallpox was submitted to Philosophical Transactions in 1796 and was rejected. There's a story about Einstein, who submitted his 1905 Annus Mirabilis for five major articles to Annals of Physics in Germany and of course they got accepted. Later he submitted another article to them and their editors by the way were Max Planck and Dr. Wein and they sent the papers out for review. Einstein was not happy when he found out that and he withdrew his article. How dare they send my paper out. He submitted it and got it accepted to another journal although time told that indeed there were problems with the paper and the initial reviewers had been right. Finally, comments from editors-in-chief of BMJ and Lancet are interesting. What he said he did was he would throw down the stairs the papers and those that landed on the bottom would be accepted. Of course, that is apocryphal. The better story is that one editor of the Great English Journal was suggested that he put two piles of papers on his desk, one of which was accept and one of which was reject. And then a friend suggested, why don't you switch them? His response was, quote, what makes you think I haven't done it already. End of quote. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.